And another brave scientist Dr Gershwin could well look up is Ove Hugh Goldberg from University of Queensland. He wrote the IPCC documents on climate and our oceans and is still very, very active. Do you still go out on the reef and have a look? I do. And in fact, I just spent three weeks up in Indonesia looking at some of the most diverse reefs uh, on the planet. And I can tell you it was just marvellous. I mean, the diversity of life and trying to understand what was going on every day was full of wonder. So, yeah, I, it's just incredible. I had heard, actually, that in Indonesia, so many islands and so many fires, they actually burn and burn and burn more than just affecting their own area because Southeast Asia gets the results of their burning and that smoke and ash hits the reef. Yeah and I think it does have huge impacts. I mean what you're seeing here is a sort of a change from a lush coastlines and so on to sort of burning forest and of course once that starts to happen you affect sunlight, you change the chemistry of the water and so on. So it's any of these types of changes invariably have very very big downsides in this current world. Well, as a result of working uh, for so long in marine science at the University of Queensland, you've got seven relationships with various countries. Is Indonesia one of them? Indonesia is in fact one of them and so that's what's exciting is that we've got some areas of the world such as the Solomon Islands, which is a small country but has its own particular problems and challenges from climate change. And then of course you've got Indonesia and the Philippines which are huge populated countries which have vast amounts of coastline and of course have to look at things in a slightly different way but at the heart it's about trying to find out where reefs are least impacted by climate change and protect them and to date Indonesia and the Philippines have been streaking ahead in what they've been able to do and what they're willing to do in terms of saving something so crucial to their national uh, identity. Mm, just to explain we're in a museum and uh, various children running around <laughs> having fun but what are the other countries you're working with? Well, we've got Tanzania, we had Madagascar, Philippines, Indonesia, Solomon Islands, Fiji and Cuba. Cuba as well? Well, Cuba sits in a very interesting part of the Caribbean Sea where reefs are not being exposed to as high amounts of climate changes elsewhere. And they also have a position in terms of currents where the offspring from those corals that are surviving longer will end up circulating through the rest of the Caribbean after a calamity such as the bleaching event and so on. So it turns out it's a really important one and of course again when you look at the sociopolitics of each of these regions they are telling you stories about what we have to do whether we're a big or a small or a democratic or a, an alternative. Well we've just heard some information of course coming out of the Institute of Marine Science in Townsville about the state of our reef, the Great Barrier Reef, where you've worked for so long. And it seems to be sort of good news, but to some extent other people who are critical of the interpretation of saying, oh, everything's fine. If you imagine you've got a forest and you cut down the trees and you've got bare earth and then the first thing that comes back are the weeds, in other words, the invasive species which can get on well. Is it a fair example to say when you've had die-off, bleaching and so on, and the complexity of the reef is diminished, you get the invaders turning up a bit like the weeds in the bare ground, and so it looks like a cover, but it's not quite the same reef, or is that exaggerating the problem? No, I think it's exactly analogous. You get a loss of species from areas that are heavily impacted. The weeds grow back faster. 
you know, whereas you might get your coral cover back over 10 years, it might take as much as sort of 50 years to get the species and the complexity back. And that's, I think, what we're going to be very careful of, sitting on our... Um, Bum. <laughs> sitting on our haunches. <laughs> and I think we just have to be really careful that we don't just measure success with such a blunt indicator. And, and that, to an extent, is what's been happening with the Australian Institute of Marine Sciences, is that they are now creating better tools to understand that complexity and change that's going on. But unless we actually understand that, we'll have a poor outcome of restoration and so on. And of course, we've got to deal with the emission problem most prominently. What do you think about the UNESCO decision to postpone for one year the listing of the Great Barrier Reef, perhaps on the endangered list? Well, I used to be in favour of not putting it on the endangered list because this would remove an important tool. Uh, you know, once you've been classified in danger, well, what's next? Because perhaps the government would say, OK, once it's endangered and on that list, we don't have to do very much. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was of that opinion. But over the last five years, we've seen this incredible increase in the impact on the reef. We've seen the report cards come back saying that the reef is poorer than it was with the previous measurement. And so we're getting to a point now where if it walks like a duck, it swims like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it is a, a, a dead duck. Let me just ask you about the practical things that uh, we're thinking about. There has been a number of experiments to reintroduce in areas some more resilient corals and the creatures that go with it. You can't just put a coral in all on its own. But I think most people don't quite realise what it costs to have, if you like, a hectare of reef. And you do well with it by replanting, perhaps but then you've got something the size of Italy to deal with. Yes, and I think this has been one of the measures, right? I mean, if you look at the Great Barrier Reef and coral habitats and so on, it's thousands of kilometres of territory. This is an enormous job that needs to get done. It's a bit like trying to plant vegetable gardens all over Italy. That's the sort of scale that you're dealing with. But I think going back to that other question of whether or not we should list it on the endangered list of the Great Barrier Reef in terms of UNESCO, and I think nowadays with this situation being very clear that the reef is in trouble. I mean, we've had three enormous mass bleaching events over six years. We've seen the water quality estimates decline in many parts. There are some parts of the reef where there are improvements and so on. But the evidence of this being in danger is overwhelming. And I think we do a disservice to science if we pretend that it's anything different. Yeah, the final question is, do you live in hope? Can we solve the problem? Do we know what to do? I think the question of whether we should have hope is I think we should. In fact, when you look at the scale of the problem, it's quite frightening. But we've also got technology on steroids. There are so many off-the-shelf fixes now that we can do that don't involve trying to replant the reefs in the same way, but it actually does try to deal with a changing earth. And I think if we look at those solutions, they are available. We've just got to take them off the shelf and implement them. And I think that's where we're stalling and that's where we need to sort of rethink how we're leading this. There's this fear of frightening people so they won't you know, respond. Well, we do need to tell the science as it is, no other way. But what we need to make sure is that people are aware that there are solutions there and there is a pathway out of this sort of current calamity. We've just got to make the decision to deal with it. Thank you and good luck. <laughs> Thank you. Dr. Ove Hugoberg is Professor of Marine Science at the University of Queensland and one of the authors of the IPCC documents.
and he assisted David Attenborough on that tremendous TV series on the Great Barrier Reef.